It's time for another episode of Tucson Means Business, featuring Tucson's top entrepreneurs and leaders in the business world. And now your host, Mark Bishop. And welcome to another Tucson Means Business, proudly presented by the 49ers Golf and Country Club and that wonderful hidden jewel of the desert, the Rincon Mountain Grill. You can't miss it, just go in the gates right there on the left-hand side. So thanks to the 49ers, we do this show where we uncover a lot of interesting stories and people in our fair city. And today we're going to be talking about the IFA. No, it's not the Intelligence and Federation of Artists or anything else, but it is a little bit artistic. It's the Independent Film Arizona, about to make a big splash and a big comeback in our city in a big way. We've been fortunate enough today to have some uh, uh, interesting guests from it. In fact, the... um, uh, president of the Independent Film Arizona is Jeannie Joseph, and she's here today, PhD Jeannie Joseph. Yes. Hello. Hello. Welcome. Thank you. All righty. And also, there was uh, Harry Walker was going to join us, but couldn't through illness. Sorry about that, Harry, at the last moment. Yeah, he's but the VA, hopefully. Very nice of his David. David Gramling has filled in for him at the last second. And I guess that's what a good uh, actor does, and a good improviser, and a musician, and a writer, and God knows what else, right? Keep, keep going. I'll yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's just say that you can be called upon at the last minute. Right, yeah. he's going to be building sets for our next show. Yeah, right. fantastic. Go. <laughs> Good on you. And you're a builder by trade. Well, I was, yeah. yeah. I'm, re- I'm retired. You're retired now. Thank you, David. Yeah. Nice having you, David Gramling. And last but not least today is a young lady, a board member of the new, brand new board of the IFA, Laurie Rain. Hi, Laurie. Hello. And Laurie has, uh, well, you've been on the board three years now. Three years. And uh, one year serving as as a vice president. Exactly. Okay. Yes. And she has a degree in dance and theater mm-hmm. from the University of Arizona. But of course, U of A. Bear down. Go Cats. Hey, go Cats. And she's performed in several theaters in Tucson, including the Unscrewed Theater, the Roadrunner Theater, and Gaslight Theater. Yes. Yeah, they're a lot of fun. So welcome. Thank you. Great to be here. So we have a great three today. We're going to chat all about it. Now, I want to start with you, Jeannie, the president, if I may. Okay. Um, You're an Emmy Award-winning filmmaker and screenwriter. I am. In your past. And uh, you've had an interesting career. Yes. Uh, When I really look at it, producer, director, I think it's KITV4, right? That was the ABC affiliate in Honolulu. Yes, Honolulu. Uh, Honolulu. Is that where you got your start in television? (laughs) Uh, No, I got my start in New York City. I had my own production company in New York City. And we worked for, um, we did films for the New York City Office of Business Development and for Sports Illustrated, Time Inc., uh, Jaguar Cars, BMW, all kinds of fun stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I believe this domain is very close to your heart, Jeannie, as... uh, um, we got to talk about animals. Yes, we are. Which we, we want to have the devil legged start up with the IFA, but because we have a beautiful little doggy. What's her name in the studio with Sophia us today? Sophia. Sophia's gorgeous. <laughs> what does it mean to be an independent film? Yeah, well, so that's a great question. So when we talk about independent film, we generally mean people who are working outside the studio system, at least on the production level, meaning they might have created their own content, perhaps they raised their own funds, perhaps they made the movie themselves, and then maybe they entered the festival circuit or other means of alternative distribution. So it's a pretty wide range. In the early days when I was getting started, independent meant really fringe, but today's independent films can be $30 million films. It just means that they're made outside of studio funding or control. Mm-hmm. Well, um, am I right in saying that there seem to be more of them? 
Oh, yes. We're, we are in a glory day. It's like the revolution for independence because there are so many new ways that filmmakers can get their films distributed. Dave will be talking a little bit later about our new IFA initiatives on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And there are just so many more ways that you can get your films seen today than ever before. Well, if I can just... Sure, by all means. One, David. Yeah. one thing that's changed is the technology has put the ability to make films in anyone's hands. Mm-hmm. That's one of the reasons you see so many films. I mean... It, doesn't mean they're good films. That's what we're coming into play. That's what we're trying to change. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, when we talk about good films, I mean, but they're five-minute films too, aren't they? Well, everything. You know, today's world, you know, there are one-minute films, there are five-minute films, there's 40-minute films. So the sky's the limit. In the old days, you know, we had to look at either television studios or Mm -hmm. movie theater timetables. Right. So we had very strict ideas, you know, within a certain range of a couple of minutes about, well, for example, like a sitcom was 22 minutes. It wasn't 23. It wasn't 21. So in today's world, with all this alternative distribution any length can work and the shorter the better for today's well i'm surprised at a minute when you tell me a minute what can you do in a minute oh so much you can do so much (laughs) in fact that's the best training there is we recommend to our new and emerging filmmakers don't think about a feature film as your first time out make an incredible one minute film that goes viral that the whole world sees and overnight you can become famous now of course that doesn't happen to everyone right but it it really trains you how to tell a story how to make something work in the short form is the best training there is it's the best film school is to make short 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 well um you're president now of independent film in arizona yes. uh you've been uh, well independent film arizona it's been active in tucson oh, for yeah. over 12 years right exactly what do you see is the goal the same now as what it was or I has know. been you know and you know this is like dave was saying the technology is changing the talent is changing you know people are entering like laurie's going back to acting you know at a, at a different age than normal actors enter the mm-hmm. business at 20 or whatever so you know i'm she's sorry she's giving 30. me a look here yeah. but the a point <laughs> she's giving her a rumpf look <laughs> the point being is that it's the business is different and we have to change right so we're redesigning our goals we're really excited about 2020 because we're going to roll out some really innovative programs well i'm looking forward to touching on all of that now of course when you think about it today there are there are more uh is the word distributors or more places for films to be seen right so therefore a lot more content is needed yes so than ever before Ever, yes, streaming, you know, Hulu, Amazon, you know, all Netflix, all these different. There's a 270 different online streaming services in the U.S. alone. Good, showing the yes. gross, really. Yeah, so that's pretty exciting for filmmakers who maybe want to do more niche filmmaking, you know, more specialized target audiences. They don't have to make a big tentpole movie. You know, the reason why Hollywood movies are so expensive, you know, an average Hollywood movie today can be over $100 million just for an average movie. Right. Plus, it'll cost $100 million to market it. That's that means that they have to make $200 million to break even. So that means they're often making films for the lowest common denominator, mm-hmm. whereas with independent films, we can say, you know, I want to make a film for dog lovers, or I want to make a film for people who want to work with horses without the dominance model of dominance and control and fear. I want to work with gentle methods and so on. So I can make a film for a very specialized audience and still be very successful. That's uh, that's interesting. Maybe the big day has uh, gone, Laurie, of the big um, blockbusters and so on. I I believe this is true, and and to just go along with what Jeannie was saying. Because there is so much work out there, and we talk about filmmakers, I think Jeannie was talking maybe about producers and directors, but the amount of work available now for camera people, editors, actors, everybody involved with film has gone way up. 
So um, this is a good thing. Well, it's more opportunity, isn't it? More so much more yeah. opportunity. Well, it's all good so far, it's what I'm hearing today. All I mean, excellent. It's all we're, positive, isn't we're it? We're the good news really show. Is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's usually pros and cons with everything, though, oh, David, yeah. right? And yeah. I'm, 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 well, I, I, can, I can be the devil, yeah, because <laughs> my business... You know, my music career went nowhere back in the 80s and 90s. You know, we were passionate and, okay. Well, I, you're a musician. I was a writer, singer, songwriter. Uh, uh, sing, what, a guitarist as well? Uh, a guitarist, yeah. Okay, I, in I the graduated. 80s and 90s, right? Yeah, 83, I graduated college. Computer science, physics, I never did anything with those degrees. I wanted to be a musician. So well, there you go. See, isn't that well, interesting? But maybe it opened up your mind to create good um, songs. Well, it did, but, you know. you know, I won't get back into that so much. We weren't too smart business-wise, and that's what I think I bring to the table with the IFA. Okay. I spent the next 30 years okay i wanted to make a living as a musician want and need is different i needed to make it as a carpenter then eventually as a home builder and that puts you in a whole different mode because you know it all fell on me i had a crew you know to keep them busy you know so advertising you know i had accountants i had bookkeeper i didn't wear every hat if i look at a director today they're typically wearing every hat you need to wear, you know, to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Some of them are acting. I mean, I do this myself, and it's probably foolish. Mm-hmm. It's too much to carry. Right. So you try to monetize it, but no one has that plan. I mean, I've met a lot of people here, and that's the one thing I look at. It's the same as back in my music days. We loved our art. We jumped all four of us. We were, you know, head over here. We were in it. Yeah. If you asked us how we were going to make money other than playing out in, you know, the, the dive bars— that's all we really knew. We were right, and right. I. So now with were you not one of those great four groups though that wanted to be big one day and sell <laughs> oh, a lot of records? See, that's funny. Everybody wants to be big. I mean, I always say to people, like, "Oh, I'm just doing this for the fun of it." And I say, "Well, then why aren't you doing it just in your garage?" Because, you know, it's just as fun there as it is in a bar. It or costs you money to get to the bar. Well, yeah. Well, exactly. I mean, right. I mean, it's... it's so. No, but you want to be heard by yeah, people. if you have a performance you know. gene, yeah. which I think is where it all starts. Well, that's interesting. Performance right. gene. And you have that. You know, I, I walked away in 93, our band broke up. And that's when I started my, my company for, you know, mm-hmm. 25 The construction years. company. Yeah. Right. And I retired here in 14 with my wife. We moved, I was just all upstate New York where I lived. Oh, Moved okay. here. And I really wasn't looking to do anything in the arts. I started dabbling in music again mm-hmm. with my old writing partner who's in Austin now. There's really no money in music anymore. Mm-hmm. Performing it, not writing it. And we didn't, I'm too old to be touring the country. So that's how we got into this. I met her in acting class. Yeah. He's referring to Jeannie Joseph. Jeannie Joseph, right? Mm-hmm. Sorry. And, uh, it's radio. I'm a, I'm a visual media. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> interesting enough, in improv class, I saw her for the first time, and Laurie, she was hilarious. Laurie. Laurie Rain, she was hilarious. You know, you shouldn't point. It makes no, holes in it. I don't know that, don't you? Yeah. I saw Laurie first time I ever saw her. She was the most free person, and I just was really impressed by her. And I, you know, I'm someone who takes charge. I started putting together what could I do with this person, and that's how I got to this point because there's other people in class that I saw, and I mm-hmm. wrote a sitcom around a bunch of the people that you know I've met. And meantime, you know, I saw where Jeannie was, and we started, you know talking about the business and I bring in more of a business sense that I don't care about the art. Everyone can well, make art. Uh, you, but you are an actor. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, but I, but I just, you have acted, I should say, right? Yeah, well, not, you know, okay, way back to drama class in high school, mm-hmm. but I've been doing stuff now with her. I haven't, you might have had somebody in here and something else. I don't know. So you haven't done any plays lately or any? No. Uh, you've never had a lead in a movie? I've done some stand-up or, comedy. Oh, okay. You know, All righty, yeah. That, I had too okay. many irons going. So we're, you know, we're Actor, trying to- Actor, writer, bring, and a director, but mainly a good man with the dollar sense and pulls it together. Well, I hope so, because that's what this, you know- That's what the whole thing's about. Is, right, is to right. pull all the resources that we because can. Because it's a business, although you're not for profit. Yeah. 
right? Right. right. Yeah, the yeah, IFA is a nonprofit. It's a nonprofit, not for profit. Right. But you've got bills to pay. Yeah, yeah. That right. nothing happens out of thin air. Right. You, yeah. you make it happen. Well, right. right. Well, that's what we're looking is the marriage of business and show here. So right. we want to keep the artistic level as high as possible. And that's one of our goals with IFA is to help our filmmakers do the best work that they can do. So how, how can you make money, though, IFA, to well, help others? Yes. Well, now that's that's our plan moving forward in 2020 is to begin to do that. So step one is to create a directory, an online directory that all of our members can be on. So if you're a cameraman or an editor or a makeup artist or a carpenter or, or a, you know okay. an animal wrangler, you can list yourself on the Independent Film Arizona Media Directory if you're a member. Mm-hmm. So to be a member, by the way, it's just $25 a year. Mm-hmm. So it's a great deal. That's too. a pretty, that, yeah, I mean, that's, that's affordable. Good, yes, affordable. Because let's face it, everybody's starving in the industry, yeah, right? Yeah, everybody is, right? It hasn't changed. Right, but this is to help. But that's a good idea. So, yeah. okay, so I'm listed, all right? Okay. Now, um, then what? How do I get work? So the next step is to come to one of our meetings. So, for example, uh, just this week on Tuesday, we had our annual networking meeting. Everyone got a chance to stand up and do a one-minute pitch. In front of a camera. In front of a better. camera. So right. we were doing live Facebook streaming. So Lori uh, was, wasn't feeling well that night, so she watched it at home. So this is a great example of that. So you stand up, you say, hi, my name is Jeannie Joseph. I'm an Emmy Award-winning filmmaker, and I am currently producing a, sh- uh, a theatrical play that I wrote here in Tucson, and I'm looking for actors to help me. And how I can help you is I'm a judge at uh, one of the top screenwriting festivals contests. I read over 100 screenplays in a season. So I'm an expert at giving feedback. So I would say what I need and how I can help other people. We've had so many projects get started just from these rooms, just from people crewing up. Lori says, hi, I'm an actor. You know, Dave comes and sees Lori's an actor. He gets an idea. He writes a part for her in his sitcom. And that's how it works because it is very much a business of who you know. And you always want to work with people that you have a relationship with, people that you trust, people that you know will show up. People that you know will be reliable, people okay. you can count on. Well, that is important than anything, isn't it? It sure is. Uh, there's nothing worse than that. Now, Laurie, let's talk about you a little bit here. Okay. We always um, do. <laughs> you know, uh, Unscrewed Theatre was one thing, Roadrunner Theatre. These different theatres that you had worked at, what, what what sort of plays, what sort of shows? Everything, I guess, comedy to to musicals. Hmm? That is correct, yes. Uh, I would, Yes, I very much enjoy doing comedy and musicals. Um, haven't done straight drama theater for, for quite a while now. But yes, that is definitely my forte. And I love it. Enjoy live theater very and, much. And, and, to, and to survive in life, though, you're a health and wellness coach. Yes, I am. I'm a health and wellness coach, full-time, and a personal trainer. Well, that's important, too. Yes. Because uh, not only, you know, if you want to be in this game, you've got to be fit to a degree. Well, it's so interesting you say that because every meeting, Jeannie reminds me that when you get up and introduce yourself, and not only are you a board member and an mm-hmm. actor, but also I can help everyone in this room get fit for the next movie role. <laughs> so yeah, that's an important thing. Well, you hear too. about, when you read about... Um, now, come on, I hope my memory's working today, but he won the Academy Award for it. Um, he had to get really, really thin, extremely thin to play the part. Edward Norton? No. Um, McCodicky, Matthew. Oh, yeah, Matthew McConaughey. McConaughey. Oh, right. Dallas. Right. Uh, Dallas. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, everyone yes, right? thought he was dying. There you go. Yes. yes. Now, yes. that's a hell of a feat to do oh, that. It is. You can't do that overnight, can yes. you? No. Yeah. You have to work at it. Right. Then there's the other way. Russell Crowe had to get, gain, gain, what, 40 pounds for The Insider. Yeah. And, uh, oh, I just saw that the other night, as a yeah, matter of fact. Movie. That wasn't bad, was it? Uh, a very good movie. It wasn't bad. I, I don't know if they got into enough of it, but still, it told the story. Yeah. But what we're talking about is 
he had to gain. Yes. Now, how does one do that? They're not going to put stuff under his suits. No, no, you have to gain. I mean, like, well, Russell Crowe for The Insider, he used bourbon and cheeseburgers. That was his (laughs) method. And he really paid a high price for that because it took him a long time to get his uh, metabolism back in order. Lori could help him. Hopefully they're working with a nutritionist or... Right. Well, usually, well, like Russell Crowe, you know, he's a tough guy. He's going to do it himself. So he just did his cheeseburger and Jack Daniels, I think it was. But, but, you know, he's had to get big for... uh, Cinderella man. He's had to buff up. And in fact, he is so physically talented. Uh, the boxing trainer said that if Russell uh, didn't want to be an actor, he could have had a career as a boxer. He's well, just, I, I know that because um, he, he comes from the back streets of Sydney. You oh, see. yeah. He's amazing. I'm a Melbourne boy, but yeah. when I was in Sydney, uh-huh. um, there were places where we'd go and drink and meet yeah. all these guys. We were all trying to yeah. get somewhere in those sure. days. Yeah. And the reality is uh, he used to love fights, I can oh, tell you. he's a fighter. He's a fighter. So he, there we go. The, the other people say is that if he hadn't had a career as an actor, he probably would have ended up in jail because he definitely has a temper. Oh, well, there you go. Um, Laurie, getting the best uh, you, getting getting to the best you. Yes. Interesting name because that is the title of your new book. That is correct. Okay. Yes. And, and the guts of it is what? The guts of it is uh, it's geared towards women mostly, uh, over the age of 50, but a gentleman or a man can pick up the book and learn quite a bit from it. But it's really for, for women who want to start on a fitness journey or a wellness journey and don't know where to start, mm-hmm. or for those who want to restart their commitment to a healthy lifestyle, step by step. And this is on Amazon, it's I think. It's on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, your favorite bookstore. Yeah. Anywhere Did you get to do one of those exciting things? I'd love to have done this. I've got a few things to do yet on my bucket list. Yes. And one of them was to write a book. Uh, uh-huh. But I, I, I just would have thought the signing and going from city to city would have been fun. You know, it's really the only reason that I wrote the book was just for the book signings. You know, and meeting people. So and much uh, fun. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. And I felt like a celebrity for five minutes. It was great. Yeah, so good life away. Well done. Thank you. And uh, getting to the best you. This is by Laurie Rain, R-E-I-N. You can go online onto... God, everything's Amazon, isn't it? Amazon. Amazon. Who'd ever thought? Mm-hmm. Amazon.com. But good old Barnes & Noble, right? Absolutely. So you can get the thing in your hand. You can look at it. It's so flick nice. Flick through it before you yes, buy it, right? that's right. Or, as I said, your favorite bookstore can order it for you. <laughs> well, they can order it for you. Yes. And you, you enjoy long hikes, so you've got to be pretty fit. You know, you look pretty good. Uh, I mean, thank you. Yes, I love hiking in Sabino Canyon. It's my favorite activity. Okay. It's beautiful up there this time of year, too. Now, do you rescue animals up there, too? <laughs> Anywhere I it's can funny. find them. We're you, going to see the horses right after this show. So you rescue animals, too, and make videos as well. So, yeah, interesting, diverse. Interesting, yes. interesting. Anything else, Laurie, you'd like to tell us? Um, I- other than just, of course, working with IFA has been incredibly gratifying. I've met a lot of wonderful people. Of course, Jeannie was, I met Jeannie at very first IFA meeting I went to almost four yes. years ago, right? right, right. <clears throat> and um, she helped me with some acting. And But uh, just the networking that takes place at our monthly meetings is just amazing. Mm-hmm. It really is. All righty. Now you've got a new place. We might as well talk about that. You're going somewhere, aren't you? To IFA's got a new uh, meeting area now. Oh, yes. We're, we're really excited because we're going to join up with Socket, which is S-A-A-C-A. Mm-hmm. They're at the Tucson Mall, and they have a new uh, space called Catalyst. And they are really um, putting together all kinds of artists at all different levels, everything from puppeteers to... Mm-hmm. I know I had Lisa Sturz on the show a couple of oh, weeks ago. Right, She's yeah. such a talented 
talented lady. Oh, yeah. And I went out to the mall the other day to have a look, to, to, yeah. to see her place. Uh-huh. And, um, and and I noticed the Saka area. Yes. It was all boarded up. Not boarded up, but... It was closed up. Closed up in the windows. But I believe it's a huge amount of space. It's pretty big. It's pretty big. And then we're hoping to, of course, expand from there. But for this first year, we'll be having our IFA Independent Film Arizona meetings at Saka on Tuesday nights, the first Tuesday of the month at 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. And it's free. I mean, that's what's so amazing. And every month we have an amazing speaker. So it could be, you know, any mm-hmm. number of subjects. We've had people talking about camera work on how to use social media as filmmakers. We've had directors. We've had editors. We've had screenwriters. We've just about everything you can think of. Uh, we had the Screen Actors Guild Union come and tell us about how independent filmmakers can work with union actors. I mean, it's just everything that a filmmaker needs to know. Uh, speaking of unions... I saw The Irishman the other night. Oh, wow. isn't that something? Yeah. That now, that, that sort of, yeah, that was a bit weird. Yeah. <laughs> How'd you like that special effects, making them look 40 years younger? That's pretty cool. I mean, uh, cool. And, and, I, and, I, and I think it's quite logical how they might have got rid of Hoffa. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's a good, good story. Good yeah, story. I'm not going to tell you, yeah, but uh, uh, but that was good. But he, but I love De Niro. I love yeah. his acting. Always have, and uh, and the other fellow with him, um, Pacino. Pacino. Pacino, and Joe Pesci. I've, I've always loved uh, Pacino's work. Yeah, me too. But I thought he did a really good job. A couple of major surprises in it. Yeah. Um, but it threw me because the Irishman. I. Um, when I was in television in Australia, so it was some years ago, I was up in Townsville, and they were making a movie called The Irishman. And it was an Australian movie, and uh, it was about a, a guy called Tom Dooley, who was the Irishman and so on. And I went to the set, you know, I was there for the day and to do a documentary on the making the movie. And when I first heard, you know, here recently, oh, the Irishman, I thought, oh, well, the show's made it, or it's going to think so. At least I expected it was to be the one with, you know. So you're a set builder, David. <laughs> She's joking. <laughs> no, that's because we're we're making him build the sets for our next show. So All right. So you, <laughs> it's gonna be his first time building sets. <laughs> yeah. Well, it pays to know people. Well, you're a builder, right? Yeah. Yeah. I retired, so it's I, I've basically done everything. And uh-huh. I mean, you need something welded. I have welded art in my house. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know. Just, so you can do this. You know. I can do it. Yeah. yeah well, that's yeah. the great thing about filmmakers. It uses so many different art forms. I mean, literally, you need carpenters, you need painters, you need seamstresses, you need makeup right. artists and hair people, and right. you know costumers and animal wranglers and you know just about everything right. you can think of every art form musicians you know musical score one of the things we did in IFA maybe Lori will tell you about this is we did a film called Zombie Nightmare and we shot it right at the Tucson Mall we're going to have our premiere of that over at uh, Saka Catalyst uh, in a month or two so tell us about that tell us about Zombie Nightmare that- <laughs> that was crazy. <laughs> I saw lot. some pictures of that on your Did newsletter, you? actually. Yeah. So anybody listening now, they want to, there's a new site, or we've got the old site for IFA. What's the deal yes. there? Well, you can go to uh, Independent Film Arizona Media Directory, IFA Media Directory, mm-hmm. and you can see what we have coming up. You can contact us through that. And, you, you know, the most important thing is just come to a meeting Tuesday, 6 o'clock. First Tuesdays, we'll be down at the Tucson Mall at Saka Catalyst, and mm-hmm. um, it's just exciting. Because I'm, now, just explain where they had to find it, because I spent oh, quite hours, a lot of time walking around that mall. I know. Uh, where do you park, you think, okay. the best spot, and the how do you spot. get up to it? The best spot is to park on the lower level by Sears and JCPenney. There's an entrance called building uh, door number three. Okay. So door number three. If you go in door number three, then you're just going to make a right. Is Monty Hall there? I was just wondering. <laughs> right. The first Jeez. right, and the first left, and you're right there. Okay, so that's it's good. just a matter of parking in the right spot. So right. ground level by Sears and Pennies, 
and it's entrance number three. And then it's an easy, you'll find it, it's right across from Shoe Palace near Harley's Comics. And Harley's Comics is one of the stores that we featured in Zombie Nightmare because the story takes place in Zombie Nightmare. Dave is going to be editing this project, and uh, really, we're really excited to show it because we had over 200 people, high school students, adults, mm, everyone. Cool. So you're an editor as well, David? Yeah. You're going to be editing this. This is video, right? Video yeah, editing, well, yes. You know, I've always been hands-on, so when I got in this, I bought all the editing equipment. Yeah. I ran a 16-track music studio for really? 12 years. Yeah. And I had, Good man to know so here. Basically, Good man to know. Um, <laughs> See, it's all about who you know, right? I mean, well, it is. Dave is know, I say when people walk in to IFA and they say, I'm retired, it's like, uh-oh, get that one, you know? <laughs> <laughs> all right, we talked about what does it mean to be an independent film. Um, there's something bugs me. I wanted to know. Oh, what is the today issue with being a union or in a union or not in a union? Yes. Or I can work in Arizona without having to worry about a union. Yeah. Or if I do, I'll end up like Hoffa. What's yeah. the deal? Yes. Well, it is. Of course, it depends the city you're living in. So if you're working in, you know, Los Angeles, you have a lot more stricter rules about union. Although there's a lot of non-union work everywhere. This is to be an actor or anything. Anything. Whether but, you're building a stage. Yeah. Everything. Exactly. Right. But here in Arizona, it's called a right to work state. So that means that you have the option of working as non-union and producers have the option of shooting non-union. So there are advantages and disadvantages, obviously, to working with unions. I mean, Mm -hmm. when you're working with unions, you're often working with very highly skilled people. Mm -hmm. And so you have um, that sense of comfort that you're going to get professionals who've had that experience. They've paid their dues and they're not learning for the first time. But in IFA, of course, we are saying to someone like Dave, hey, I know you never edited anything before would you like to edit zombie nightmare you know so yeah, right. a lot of people are getting their first break so arizona does give you the opportunity of, of working both ways so we have projects that we're going to be working on where we will be working with the screen actors guild for example mm-hmm. and other projects that we will be working on that'll be non-union so we do both okay so if i was in hollywood and I want. I was waiting tables, and I wanted to be an actor. And yes. all of a sudden, like I got John this Hamm. opportunity. Yeah. Um, would I be asked the question? Oh, are you in the union? Absolutely, you would. Because be. well, no, I'm not. Well, then I'm sorry, we can't hire you. Right. So there are cities where you know, like L.A., mm-hmm. where it really you know you want to make sure you do everything you can like to that. get into the union. Okay. All right then. Tucson has a, a huge history of film and TV. You bet. You know, Mm. I think at the... um, Old Tucson Studios. Yeah, I mean... um the names that have gone through there, oh the my people, God. everyone, John you know, Wayne, and you yeah. know every every name you can think the of. The Duke. I grew up loving that guy. He was my hero. Oh, <laughs> yeah. okay. yeah, big so many John people. Wayne. Yeah, so many people. <laughs> well, we're doing. It's funny now because we're doing a show called Giddy Up, and we're going to be calling upon a lot of that old western. All right. You know, and the show takes place. Cool. Uh, the characters, some of them think they're still in 1861. Yeah. So it actually takes place in present day, but the actors mm-hmm. still think they're in 1861. So they're still carrying the guns, like wearing the cowboy hats with the spurs and the stunts and all that good stuff. Interesting. Interesting. The purpose of independent film, in a nutshell, is to encourage talent. Encourage, support, and educate, educate, nurture filmmakers to thrive in an independent environment. So this is very much about get out there and do it yourself, but learn your craft. So we say get the feedback from people who can really help you. Because if you're just making films in your garage and you show it to your mother and your friends, you're not necessarily going to go to the next level in terms of technical accomplishments. So we say go out there, do it, try it, but then also bring it to an IFA meeting, show it to us, get the feedback of professionals, and 
get better and your next film get better and your next film get better. And so on and so on. So what are some of the workshops uh, this year that you've offered from IFA? So Jeannie has an incredible talent of lining up some of these uh, speakers that we have. Um, Some of the ones that we have, we've had twice now, is a gentleman by the name of Darius, who is a YouTube sensation, started out here in Tucson. I think he has over 2 million followers now. 10 million. Oh my gosh! Okay, he's well, that up. is over two million. <laughs> okay, yeah, right, yeah. right, ten yeah. million. Yeah, unbelievable. He's very he, bland, this guy. Is he? Yeah. And every time you talk to him, it goes up. So the last time was ten million. But what does he he's do? What did he do? Oh, is that the guy with the long hair, the, no. the model type fellow? No, or? no. Uh, Darius actually uh, he teaches at UA. Yeah, he teaches at UA. He's a UA he's graduate. A, he's a UA grad of film. He's just a genius. I Make, mean, making videos on a shoestring budget is right, what he teaches. Right. We were talking about earlier about one minute uh, yes. videos or two minute. That's his specialty. Okay. And he's amazing. Yes. One of his philosophies is what he calls resource filmmaking, meaning if you're someone like I know a friend, I have a friend named Mark and he has a radio studio. So I'm going to shoot a story that takes place in a radio studio with this wonderful guy named Mark who's got this great accent. Mm-hmm. He's going to be the star. So you start with whatever you have. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got dogs and I've got horses. So I'm going to, you know, I'm going to. Okay. Use, you yeah. start with what? what yeah. That's yeah, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one of exactly. his big ideas is just, you know, start with what you have. Right Work with what you got as it is we also because have- let's face it you since youtube came out i mean some of the stuff that is on it you wonder how on earth millions of viewers would even bother but it just goes to show you that everybody is unique and different and some young kids at 13 have got up there with a way to put mascara on that's different and, and I mean next to like a 5 million damn viewers you know, I cannot remember her that name idea didn't float when I tried it I don't know what that is <laughs> the CEO of YouTube was on a TV show a morning show a couple, a couple mornings ago and Honestly, she said that they had eight million billion videos uh, get, that get uploaded mm-hmm. every day. That her staff. Oh, that was on sixty minutes the other night. That's right. Yes, I saw that. That's yeah. what it was. I saw minutes. that. I didn't That's like it. her much. I thought she was very reserved she and kept. Very... And she didn't let much out of the bag at no, all. No, she <laughs> plays it close to the vest. Didn't but, she? But, but she, they're you know huge and now, aren't they? In yeah. fact, it's bigger than Facebook, isn't oh, it? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's as huge. far as people, it's huge. you know, it's huge. looking mm-hmm. at that. Hey, Facebook is trying to compete now, getting in. That's why they're doing the live streaming. Right. But one of the things about Darius was I used his video. He has a wonderful video on theme, how to help students understand theme, and I used that in my college courses with my film students and that's how I knew him even before I moved to Tucson he was part of my academic curriculum because this video was so good because in five minutes he helps students really understand what theme is and you know this is just amazing even though it's a, it's a very specialized subject but it can do so much to help people who really need to understand a specific subject so being mm. narrow cast in YouTube is one of the secrets mm. Very interesting. Very focused. YouTube is, you know, there's a lot of filmmakers that that's their goal. They're going to stick something up on YouTube. And the thing about, like, I, I don't know if you know much, but a lot of filmmakers will crowdsource to do their, and whether it's a short or a film, right, you know, right. so they raise 10 grand and, you know, they, they get done after a year and a half because it takes a long time to do an amateur film. Everyone's got jobs. Right. And they have no idea how to promote it. And so I say to these people, like, if you stick it up on YouTube, you know, 500 right. hours every minute. Like, I know. It's amazing. Yeah. My, my goal is to do that. Yeah. I, well, I, but then how do you promote it, Mark? Well, that's yeah, it. That's the thing. That's the thing. I mean, money. more than anything, I've always wanted to host um, a good game show Okay. in America. Or um, just host a really interesting, diverse show. 
right? And maybe even a talk show, but something a little different. And um, everybody I've talked to now after six years here this time around, uh, all they say is YouTube. YouTube, right, you, right. why? Because, well, if it's good enough for those others to get discovered, which right. all those guys that are doing tonight shows and God knows what, right, all mm-hmm. came out of YouTube. Yeah. Right. Well, you o- Oprah started on cable access TV, and I did too. I mean, I didn't. I wouldn't say I started there, but I had a cable access TV show for six years where I interviewed hundreds and hundreds of really? guests. Yeah, and I also did a radio talk show. So in in this you know relatively smaller market, Honolulu, but that that's how you get your training. You right. Just, you just want to get on yeah. the air and watch yourself and get yeah. the feedback and see what people like and see what gets the comments and that's what Darius is so good at. He does what's called pivoting, meaning he'll have an idea, he'll try it out because he's got 10 million subscribers he can tell within minutes if an idea is a hit or not right and he can decide okay i'm not going to do any more of this or i'll do some more of that because he's getting that instant feedback so he's got, a, he's got an immediate test market basically he's got an immediate test market and right. you know in in hollywood that's one of the most expensive things there is is right. to do these focus groups to get the right people in to see your film because right. if you ask the wrong person like if i made a romantic comedy and i show it to a bunch of bikers they're gonna say you know <laughs> this is dumb this is boring. You know, where's the action, right? I didn't realize focus group. I knew in sales and marketing uh, I could understand the reason for focus groups. Yeah. But I never realized for film. Oh, and if you're working in the studio system, you are focus group, focus group, focus group. Wow. And it's very important that you ask the right questions. And you. this is is why many movie endings get changed because the focus group says, I don't understand the ending or I didn't like the the fact. Why did he leave the cat? Really? That's rewritten then. Mm -hmm. Or don't tell who murdered too early or something like that. Isn't that amazing? Did you know that, Laurie? Focus group. What are you laughing at? (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. Uh, We've talked about the long-range goals, and uh, we've talked about the stuff. What what are you going to be doing uh, going into the new year? What are you going to be doing hands-on with different sessions and training? Yes. Well, one of the things we want to do, and Dave will tell you a little bit about our new YouTube channel, is that we really want to encourage the filmmakers to work in the short form. Just about everybody I know is trying to do a feature film, meaning a full-length 90 minutes uh, full-length story and we want to say if it's your first film consider making a short film mm-hmm. consider d- developing a following test the audience test your characters test your storytelling test your technical skills mm. and then think about going to long form so Dave tell us tell them about our sure. new channel yeah uh, my thought when I spoke to Jeannie about a month ago about joining the IFA was that uh, you know we need we need to have a place not just for, you know, you say YouTube. Anyone can put something on YouTube. That's not how you become successful. You need to get it up there and get people to see it. So we thought we'd start a channel, uh, IFA Network, IFAN, that's what that stands, and get other, you know, not just I'm a director, get some other directors, writers. We need to pull our resources so we can fill that channel up with content, but good content. Um, we went to the short term just because it's like I said. I know someone who did a full length film here. It took them ninety minutes. Uh, 90, 90, <laughs> a ninety minute film took them a year and a half. Mm. Uh, That's a hell of a budget. That well, and there's, oh, and it's a lot of volunteer work. It is. It's it? all volunteer, and this yeah. is one reason those films are tough. It takes so long, and heck, your lead could decide he can't make a living, or he moves to Houston, and now yeah, just everything's right. gone. So, so we wanted so, short. Form. So this channel really could be like a front store, right? Right, right exactly. of all talent. Well, Coming out of IFA Arizona. Think right. about NBC. You go, you know, at night. There, there's, there's a bunch of things there. They're not all NBCs. You know, production companies are spread all out, but they got licensing deals. Here they are. Mm-hmm. IFA is kind of going to do the same thing 
we're we are going to her and I are maybe you know Lord, we'll have some other people, but we're going to vet it. It's not like you can just put it up there. You got to send it to us, and we're going to see if it's the quality's right. Because you know, bad bad videos better. <laughs> it's better to have no video. You know, so um, and that's only one aspect. The other aspect is how to advertise this, and this is what we're we're going to talk to local business. Um, like for instance, I could write you into my script. Mm-hmm. You want to get? Uh, we've been. Well, I'm not going to talk advertising right now, but you know, you're a car dealer. You know, well, I could use I could use a car, and it's one thing we're doing. You put it in there. I'll make sure that thing gets shown every episode. It's your vehicle. Mm-hmm. You know? uh, we can make. You know, we have the ability. We have the actors. We have, you need a. You want a TV ad? We can do your TV ad. Maybe that's something we'll do for you. For you to advertise billboards, or we're putting all that together. Or we're trying to get enough, you know, sponsors that this gets out there. And uh, back in my music days, the mm-hmm. consultant in New York said, "You want to become the little, uh, the big fish in a small pond." Mm-hmm. In a world forum, in a world forum, Tucson is a small pond. Uh, you know, YouTube's worldwide. I like to get it that if I walked around in this town and, you know, asked someone, hey, have you heard of this? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's funny. You know, they've seen one of our projects. Mm-hmm. And if they're watching that on YouTube, then obviously those views are showing up. It's, you know, everyone's going to, you know, it, it's, I won't say it goes viral, but you like what you're saying. You go, hey, you want something funny? Check this out. And, you know, that's how you grow it. And if we can get enough people coming in to mm-hmm. the iFan, you know, network or iFan network, um, you know, advertising will start worldwide. Will start coming in. You know, the, and you know that's how all these people make money. It's not, mm. you know, they just do their thing. And Seems a long way away from now, but things could happen quickly. Yeah. Well, it can. It just depends. You just need mm-hmm. one project that takes just need off. One thing that's so yeah. funny that gets right. goes viral. And then do you, you think it channel. has to be funny? Well, funny is one of the fastest ways to, you know, I mean, of course, if you've got... Against drama. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Funny is the leading. If I think the, for for movies anyway, thirty five percent. You know, that's. What, what kind of movie would you want to see? 35% say comedy. Really? And that's the highest one. It works its way down. Like horror is 9%. Mm. So, you know, a lot of people like do horror movies because they're pretty easy in a way. You can, you know, make people look all beat up. There's yeah. a makeup artist. But you're shooting at a very small, you know, demographic. Right. Well, actually, horror is really in, important in the independent field because that's, uh, for the most part, studios do not do horror. So it is the domain of independence, and that's one of the reasons why we did Zombie Nightmare is we do want to encourage uh, – Tucson is an excellent location uh, for making horror films. We have so many – the desert, so many different uh, – looks in in uh, southern arizona so horror is really important but again we're we're really encouraging people to do the shorts that's why we did a five minute film called zombie nightmare Mm. interesting i I go back um, some 16 or 17 years ago um, on first coming to america i hadn't done a lot in australia on acting but i did have a lead in a in a student movie and uh, See, I was I was a face starts. in the wall, and the, this oh, man, it was murder because all they did was chop out a hole in this concrete wall, and I had to put my head through. Yeah, and then the sheet was over the front of the head, so I was the guy. But when I was stuck there all day, I can tell you, you oh, know, the, yeah. the the neck at night was, oh, and that's their sets. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yes. but God love it, that was good. And some stage plays, and Mister Interlocutor, and all that sort of jazz, bit of singing and that. It's ironic that, you know, wanting to be an actor as a kid, because you know what it's like, oh, no, I want to be a fireman, I want to be a policeman, I want to be that, no, I want to be an actor no matter what. That was my goal as a kid, the first thing I remember. And uh, I got to America, and you're never going to guess the closest thing to the industry I ended up doing. 
on the phones trying to flog uh, investors to buy into movies. Oh, yes. <laughs> and it was tough because my very first one was the project. Remember the guy that did The Howling? Yes. Now, that was a very low-budget film but made a lot of a money. A lot of money, yeah. So he was doing another one. So this guy gave me this job and I sat in this booth with penny stocks, oh. people who did penny stocks. Oh. And you're phoning them, trying to get them to invest in a movie. That was my first gig in America, yeah, i got to tell you. That is such good training. And oh, my you, God. If you ever want to do it again, we I could use you. I got news for you and it's streaming headlines and it's all bad. <laughs> oh, you're That's listening the hardest to job. Tucson Means Business. And do we ever, we have wonderful people, uh, leaders and inspiring women and so on. And the IFA is no different. But... But we're very fortunate because without the 49ers Golf and Country Club that have been here for years and now been redone beautifully, and uh, you wouldn't know it, but also the wonderful Rincon Grill, uh, thanks to uh, the club that support uh, me and uh, this channel and uh, our podcasts, uh, which have a global footprint. And this week, I was very excited to be told we have now ten and a half, over ten and a half million downloads since in the last eighteen months, which is pretty exciting. Thank awesome. you. That's very, very good. Nice. Yeah. So, thanks to the club, and it's right now we're just going to take this short break. One of the things that the Rincon Mountain Grill is certainly becoming famous for now are the wine dinners, but. There's not just wine dinners, there are beer dinners as well. Mackenzie Taylor, how do you do the difference? So I am so passionate about our wine dinners and our beer dinners, and they are so much fun. Um, wine dinners are very, very different because they're very white linen feel. We've got six courses, um, traditional you know, soup salad, uh, amuse-bouche, which is that chef's one bite to start the mm -hmm. dinner, and pairings that are, are just amazing and fragrant and different. Um, our beer dinners are so much fun, too, because they are much more relaxed, uh, much more casual feel. Um, but partnering with local breweries, Arizona breweries, uh, and so much fun. Really, it's called Beer and Bites. So it's much more of that kind of snacky feel to it, okay. but with an elevated palate. And yet it's a dinner. Absolutely. It's, it's a total dinner. dinner. You will go home full. Uh, the wine dinners, I have experienced myself. They're very, very nice. And you, you're rather choosy. You pick specific wines that are going to go exactly with what you're going to cook. Absolutely. Right. Yes. On that particular dinner. We Give research. us an example. Well, we research our wines. So we have vendors come in uh, every other week and we do wine tastings to figure out what families of wine we want to work with or what theme we want to play off of. Um, so, for example, uh, we're doing a taste of Italy wine dinner and I'm very excited about that. Okay. Um, now, these dinners, by the way, I think they're every six weeks, aren't yes, they? Yes. So six anybody weeks. listening can just call the club and get an idea when the next one is on. It'll probably on the uh, the menu on the, on the website anyway. Yes, it's on the website, it's on our Facebook page, um, and you can absolutely call the club and get more information for them as well. Hmm. But yeah, they're really something that we're trying to do more frequently because we have the demand for it. People are excited. People mm -hmm. want to do something special. And it's a great date night. Uh, it's a great get-together with friends. Yeah. It's just a lot of fun. Everybody's really smiling and laughing, and they leave full, full, full. So. <laughs> <laughs> and the service, well, I mean, that's good too. Yes, the service is phenomenal. Uh, really have so many people trained on our wine dinners, and we train them specifically for wine dinners and beer and bites as well. So they really know what they're pouring. They know the flavor notes. They know what we're doing. 
Mackenzie Taylor is the executive chef of the Rincon Mountain Grill, situated in the 49ers Golf and Country Club on Tankerverde Road, on the right-hand side past the Emily Gray School on the way to Reddington. You can't miss it. She's also the food and beverage manager. Henceforth, she knows what she's buying, I gather. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I do my research for sure. <laughs> That's terrific because the place is becoming very famous thanks to you. You're doing a wonderful job. And these dinners, well, they can be. They're great date night dinners. They can be a birthday. Oh, absolutely. They can be any form. It may be an anniversary celebration. Oh, 100%. Yes. And not only that, but I think there's discounted um, beverage as well, discounted wines that the patrons can take home, can't they, from these vineyards. Yes, you do get a a great deal if you order wine while at the wine dinner. So we have all of our vendors from that specific wine company there, and they actually educate you about the grapes and the way that the wine is made, which is amazing. So it's it's really a dinner that has to do with pairings, but you learn. You leave with more knowledge about the wine that you drank, and then you can purchase that wine and entertain with friends and educate them about it and really know what you're talking about and really know what you're tasting, and that's very, very cool. So maybe there are more wine drinkers in Arizona than first thought. I'm hoping so. I'm going to turn some people into wine drinkers. That's my plan. (laughs) (laughs) You're doing a wonderful job, Mackenzie Taylor. Thank you for spending the time with us on Tucson Means Business. Thank you. It's been a pleasure having you. So we're talking IFA today, and in the remaining minutes, is there anything special that you really want to get out Um that's important about the IFA that people may not realize? Well, we we, want to say to everyone, come on down to a meeting, because that's really the first step, is just come in, show up, tell us what you want to do, and make friends with other people, team up, because this is a collaborative art. And there's a lot you can do alone, but there's so much more you can do if you work with others. But but who are we to? Somebody's here and they say, well, but I'm not an actor. I don't want to be an actor. That's okay. Fine. What are we talking about? Everything. You, If you want to make the coffee for people. Ah, if you want to do makeup for you people. You just would like to be yeah. associated yeah. or involved yeah. somehow with the creative art right. of filmmaking. Right. And it's all ages. I mean, we have seniors. We have one guy who came and said, I want to learn how to be. I, I mentioned at one <laughs> IFA meeting, I said, Tucson has a shortage of boom operators. Boom operators is the person who stands there and holds the microphone pole. Uh-huh. Okay? And so, some movies you just see it drop an inch yeah, and it goes back yeah, up again. Exactly. <laughs> so here's a senior and he said he wanted a new career. He started with us. He's been coming to our acting class and we've been videotaping the scenes and he's been our boom operator. So it's just as simple as that. You decide I have a passion for this. I want to help. I want to get involved. So get involved. You know. The, okay. Each what a lovely invitation that is out there. Look, you know, if you mightn't be in the motorcycle club. You mightn't be in the car club. You mightn't play football, golf. You may just be all alone and don't need to be. And But you've always been interested in books, maybe, and or you're a dreamer or film. You know, hey, you don't have to be, come along and make the coffee. Come and meet some new wonderful people because they really are, aren't they, we have We have several film buffs who come to the meetings just because they love being around film and mm-hmm. what, what happens and what goes into the making of a film. I think what I love most about IFA, I have to say, is the education part because, first of all, uh, and also just the networking, but every meeting we stand up, we say who we are, this is what we do, you know, we're we're an actor, we're a director, editor, whatever, so we get a chance to introduce ourselves, but we always have these wonderful speakers 
every week. As we mentioned, we have Darius, we've had um, stuntmen from Old Tucson come out, we've had editors, screenwriters, people from SAG. Um, recently, uh, Jeannie got together with Linda Seeger, who is a script consultant. Yeah, fabulous. She's like a guru of really guru yeah. of screenwriting. Yeah. Right. So, so we had people kissing the ground as she walked in the room. You know, it's She's, okay, <laughs> superstar, huh? So it's not only networking, but it it's must just be interesting education. to think about. I mean, you read a book. And they make a movie of the book. Yeah. But, you, you know, you just don't take the book and make the movie. That's right. So There's yeah, all the right. steps in between and the screenplay writing and this right. and that. Well, it's funny because this, you know, this January, I'm going to be giving the first talk of, of the season. I'm going to do the launch talk. And it has to do with story, style, and substance and how you balance those three elements. So it's the first important question a filmmaker has to ask themselves is, is my priority the story, the telling of the story, or is it the style of how I tell it? And sometimes you have a balance between the two right. but those decisions will affect everything about what how the actors dress how the look of the film the lighting the camera work the editing even the style of music mm-hmm. so by getting clear what we're going to talk about the four main styles of filmmaking and most people don't know this stuff and this is from my university course so i'm going to take an entire 10-week university course and uh, reduce it to an hour's talk and it's a great way wow. to really understand can you do that i, I mean can. 10 weeks I've to an hour before, so obviously I'm not going to give the level of detail. In <laughs> but the point is, is to introduce people to the concepts. Most people are right. not aware what the, that there are four major styles in filmmaking. Most people have never even heard the terms. I won't tell you now because they don't even sound like English. But they're the four main styles of filmmaking. And all filmmakers need to understand what their priorities are based upon who their target audience is and what their goals are in the film. Do you have... Um a dream, David, you'd like to complete on your bucket list? Oh, he sure does. I do, actually, and it's it might be a little odd, but it's not like, you know, my own sitcom I'm, I'm starting. If that floats, great. But I would really love to see some of these youngsters. And I'm, I'm retired. My life's sad. It's not going to change much if, you know. Mm-hmm. I see these 20, 30-year-olds, and I think I look at them and think, you know, I got something in my thing. Man, if we could make change your life give you a career in the arts that would be i would right. sit back and toast that that would okay. be great you know it would you know it's really i mean i was in the music business i didn't make any money but anyone who's a performer you just love that it's a bad day on the stage is better than a great day you know in the office right so mm-hmm. if you could give that to any of these people and i don't care if it's in front or behind the camera you know like if you're a cameraman sure give them that dream and yeah, that would be great. That would, there's there's like. got to be friction on the downside of the industry. There's got to be friction between uh, the initial writer, because when you write, it's your visions that you're writing and that's your book. Someone reads it. They have their visions yes. and their magic when they're reading the book. Yes. Now the screenplay writer has got yeah. to transfer it as the writer wrote the darn thing, as close as the writer would want it, and put it to film. Put it up there on that dirty big screen, right? Yeah, well, film has its own rules. You know, we, we usually look at it, what we call a three-act structure, and that is very different from a novel because a novel can go back and forth in time, can narrate, can be in different points of view. Can, right. A lot of different things that a novel can do that a screenplay generally tries to avoid doing. Mm-hmm. So 
in screenplay, you really want to master the art of cinematic storytelling, which is basically the visuals. In a novel, somebody can pick the book up, put it down at their leisure, go back. And go read. back, right. So in a film, you really have to, there are different rules for storytelling. And I, I use the word rules in quotes, but there are different conventions that make a film work versus what would work in a novel. And that's something that students need to learn and understand and master the craft. Right. And that is a craft. It is a craft. Is that just, and, you know, and yeah. the painful thing for a screenwriter is that a screenwriter... A playwright is God. The playwright writes a play. The, it's published. The actors are not allowed to change the word without writing for permission to the author. In a screenplay, you're a work, almost a work for hire. You're basically are writing a blueprint for the movie. The director can change things. Actors change things. Editors change things. Mm. The studio changes things. So as a writer in a screenplay, once you've been paid, you're history. I mean, there are some cases where the director respects you enough and wants you on the set. Most cases, they say they don't want the writer there because they know they're going to make changes. So it's a very painful business. Well, yeah, well, that's it. And I was getting at the fact that uh, uh, that's not what I was trying to get across. That's that's not what I wrote. Right. Now, you know, are many writers on the set on the bigger movies. Very rarely, very rarely. So they're not there, you know, rarely. guiding or... Nope, they're not. I mean, in some cases, um, what was the movie? What do they do? They actually sign a release, do they, from the book uh, to whoever yeah, makes the you movie? Sign, you sign away everything okay. um, as a screenwriter. <laughs> you sign away everything. Yeah, you have no rights. Uh, <laughs> I was just trying to think what, what movie I was just talking about where they were writing, giving them pages the day before. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. you know, so, I mean, there's, you know, every situation's different, right? Right, right. Um, So I think it was Die Hard, actually. It was Die oh, Hard. Yeah. yeah, they were, they were you know, the writer, it had come from a book. Mm-hmm. A screenwriter had uh, rewritten the book, turned it into a screenplay, and then someone else came in and rewrote it. And right. then they were rewriting pages every day of the day before. So they were, I think the screenwriter was ahead by one day. <laughs> they were shooting, which Man. is like a nightmare because you know there's so much that that's involved in that. So wow, well, there you go. Pressure, yeah, talk about pressure, right? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, now, that's just just add on left field for yeah. one thing a little, but it affects you too, uh, Laurie. I don't know about you, David, and this one, but uh, animals are a big thing to you, Jeannie. Oh, yeah. You're also, other than being the president of the IFA and uh, running other things in your life, you very much. Um, uh, love animals to the extent where you're starting something up very special, aren't you, in the new year? Yes, I am. It's a, a program called Animal Consciousness Institute. And our position is that animals have thoughts, feelings, emotions. And then when humans respect that, it changes everything in our relationship. So there's been a long time, you know, that people thought that humans needed to dominate animals, that they just had to get the horse to do what they wanted or whatever. And I understand that there's, you know, fields where, you know, racing or whatever, where you have to do that. But for the most part, I'm very interested in developing a deeper connection with animals, literally where we can communicate with them and they can communicate with us. So we had a situation, I I can't get into all the legal details, but we had a very daring horse rescue and we had nine horses that were, and Lori doesn't want to hear any of that bad stuff, so I'm just going to to say it was a very bad situation and I needed to communicate to the horses and let them know what was happening that we were coming to get them and even though we couldn't get in to see them to get them out they were locked up and 
all sorts of bad things, mm-hmm. but um, I needed to let them know what was happening so that because we only had uh, you know a very short window to get them actually out of this bad situation and and uh, into freedom. So we had to get nine horses to load into a trailer, nine horses that are not used to being loaded into trailers. Mm. Okay, and we had to do this and and we did it in uh, 17 minutes. We got nine horses I love a job. into trailers <laughs> and into a safe environment where they're running free now and they're very happy. That's and great. Lori and I are going to go give them some carrots after. So we- are you. <laughs> going to lean towards animal movies do you think oh absolutely yes. you know i have a couple of tv ideas in fact i right. i won first place in the ua tv pitch writing contest on a story called the secret life of animals mm-hmm. and it's all about uh working with animals in this deeper way ah fabulous look forward to that then yeah. well, if you were to what i'd like to do is uh, getting close to closing the show i'd like to ask each of you and it's really a career scenario because we're in the arts. But if you go back, David, let's start with you. You go right back out of college, whatever. You loved your music. You played in the garage with three other buddies. What was your band called, by the way? The last one was ESX. Who's X? ESX. It, it, we, oh, we, ESX. We were originally called Enigma. And then uh, oh, a guy Enigma, in France right. put a, a Gregorian chant that went worldwide. Yes. And, and his his band was Enigma. So, so yeah, right. And I can do that. The reason it was ESX. I thought you said NXS for a minute yeah, because yeah, I'm right. in their Aussies. You know that, right. Yeah. Um, if you had it all over again and you could wave the magic wand today, seriously. I can't. What would you advise anybody listening who may have a feeling towards the arts or music? Which is in the arts, of course, but I had I had two things said to me in my music career. One was from a, a guy I didn't even know was a drummer. I was an avid tennis player back in college. Uh, he's I met him in a bar just one night. We got, he told me he's a drummer, studio drummer out of New York City. He said I've been there doing that twelve years. Only about six. He's been last six making a living. And he said something every artist should. He said, you know, your your competition. It's not the band down the street playing the other bar. If you're trying to make it. It's the Rolling Stones. <laughs> you know, he started spitting all these right. Led Zeppelin. And, you know, and you think about that, and that's what I tell people that come back for me, you know, we're trying to be on a world stage. So this isn't going to just be sitting on your, you know, show to your grandchildren. If you want to make it, you got to look at, you know, what's the top comedy right now? Watch that. See what they're doing. What's their dialogue? How are they presenting mm-hmm. it? You know, the timings. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, like Gene said, learn your craft. But learn your craft. And I said, aim high. If you're going to do it, you got to aim high. Uh, we, you know, we probably didn't do that when we were, well, I know I didn't do it as a musician. I, mm. as I, if I write a song today, I do that. But, you know, songs I write today have so much more thought. So if you're going to do it, yeah. do it right, right and go for it. Yeah. And, and then one other thing I was told by, by an engineer in a recording studio, he also did our live sound. So he knew us pretty well. He said, right. do you remember one thing? Just because you came up with it doesn't mean it's good, <laughs> which means, you know, get second opinions and, and really... I had established with my writing partner, and that was mm-hmm. what we would do. I would send him something. If he said it wasn't any good, then I'd go back and change. Same thing with him. If he played a solo on his guitar and sent right. it to me, I'd say, uh, yeah, bar eight through nine, forget that. Oh, and it would be no argument. You just said, okay, I respect your opinion. Right. And that's really what you need. You need that person you can trust, but yeah, you know, trust yeah. them enough to say, all right, I guess I'm wrong. That's hard. <laughs> yeah, to admit that you're wrong, isn't it? Yeah, you got to leave your egos at the front door, isn't it? When you're working together in the teamwork, yeah, it comes in whether it's music and bands or yeah, it doesn't uh, matter. I mean, as a matter. contractor, I work with subcontractors building houses. You know, mm-hmm. and there's you know, 
So well, I wish you luck, David. You're on the board, and let's hope yeah. your sets are better than things I've ever worked in. I'll tell you, make sure no one falls through the floor on them. <laughs> Laurie, yes. book writer and successful uh, health and wellness coach and so on and so on. You look back at your uh, career. You're just coming out of college. Which road, if anything at all, would you have taken if you had it all over again? I First thing that comes to mind, I would say to follow your heart. If this is what you truly, truly want to do from the bottom of your soul, go for it and find a mentor, somebody that you can talk with who will guide you along the way. I think that is so important. Um, and keep educating yourself. That is first and foremost. Education, right. education, education. You cannot get enough. Of it. Hone your craft as best as you as best as you can do. Um, as I say in my book, one step at a time. Mm-hmm. You, if you're an actress, as I still am plugging along because I enjoy it so much. Now I want to ask you a question. There mm-hmm. is it now actor being regardless that you're female, yeah, or yes. is it actress? It really is actor. It's actor. It's, act- it's changed yeah, now, hasn't right. it? It used right. to be actors. You're right. right. That's showing actress. my age here. That's yeah. all right. Hey, that's <laughs> right. I said it the other day and someone corrected me, and I yeah. thought, oh, that's right. You, you, you don't say that right. anymore. It's, right. it's, it's just something actor. you don't think of. So, that's right. So because, you look, you hear a lot of stories. Kids mm-hmm. go to college. They don't know what the hell they want to do yet. They're not sure, but they're doing this, doing that, doing that, and, they've got mm-hmm. the, and they do these degrees, and they come out and they do something absolutely nothing that they studied for or did anything yes. else. But if you had it all over again, having the decision to know what you want to do. So very important because I, you know, I actually started off as a ballet dancer when I was eight years old. I danced professionally for a while and then did some theater. Um, and that actually, the dancing got me into health and fitness. So now what's great about all of that background is I'm trying to put it all together. Yeah, it's I, come back full circle, hasn't it? It's come back full circle. My word. Yes. Hey, isn't that amazing? I just, yeah, a ballet right. dancer, huh? Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. Um, not belly dancer, as I saw not in the paper. Ballet, the other day. but ballet. <laughs> ballet. Um, ballet. You're not yeah. going to escape, Jeannie Joseph. Come on. All right. Well, I'll tell you. Can I have three pieces of advice? You can. You're the president. Come on. <laughs> well, I'll give you three pieces of, of advice, none of which I followed. Oh, okay. all right. But all right. you've got two minutes to do them in there. <laughs> okay. So the first one, Jack Nicholson was once asked, what's the most important skill an actor can have? And he said, focus. So I'm going to say focus is the most important thing, is that what you love, like Lori said, with your heart, we do this. She's doing the sign. We do this in class. This is the American Sign Language mm-hmm. sign for focus. Okay. It's all about focus. And this is very much about what an actor needs, what a director needs, what an editor needs. It's all about really not letting all the distractions of life get in the way of your art so this is really important Mm -hmm. number two is is as laurie was saying to study that really pay attention to the genre you're most interested in when i got my master's in screenwriting one of our teachers said to us until you've read a thousand screenplays you haven't read anything so that is a lot, you know what I mean? And everyone in the room. Good Lord. Yeah, yeah a thousand screenplays. Yeah, and this is nothing, you know, a studio, a good studio reader will read a thousand in a year, you know. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, I, I read, like I said, a hundred a season, you know what I mean? So, but it's a lot. You really have to immerse, 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 immerse. So like Dave was saying, if you want to write comedy, you got to be watching the comedies that you love mm-hmm. and the ones that you don't love too, because you need to see the different range of style. So the third thing is to make it smaller. 
is to have a simple goal. Like Lori said, start with a simple, small step. Get out there and make a great one-minute film. All right. That's my goal now. You've sold me. One-minute film. Yes. Turn the camera on. Race around the other end of the table. It's done. (laughs) Yeah, but you probably have to to trip over the cat to make it worth something to watch. Uh, Put some vaudeville in it. Yeah, right. right. Our our new project, we have a lot of vaudeville, so we do a lot of physical comedy. Okay, fair enough. That's amazing. Well, I hope you got something out of that because at the end of the day, you know, it is about business and Tucson means business and the IFA certainly means business because when they become successful at what they're doing and what they're doing, that permeates right through a city, both financially and spiritually. And it's just good for people to leave beautiful Tucson but come back again uh, successful. But you need to be trained and do it all here first. My guest today in this wonderful show uh, today is featuring the IFA and their their, uh, new board. But we had today the president, uh, Jenny Joseph. Uh, the president of the IFA. Thank you, Jenny, for coming on. Thank you. We had another board member in uh, Laurie Rain. Thank you, Laurie. Thank you for having me. And a brand new uh, board member who uh, has just started with them, David Gramling. Right, David? Thank you. Yes. All righty. And it's been a great show. Thanks for taking time out. And uh, hopefully everything goes big, big guns for you. What do we say? Break a leg. There we go. <laughs> Break a leg.